Manna or Meatloaf, Episode 1, Hold Your Peace. Why, you might ask? Well, allow me to explain and remind myself. (laughs) So I have been writing a fluffy romance novel for many, emphasis on the many, many years, and it still lies completely unfinished in a folder on my computer. And a few months ago, I decided, this is never going to change anybody's life. Yeah, it may be a great distraction for some people like it had been for me, but I decided that I wanted to do something more. I wanted to spend my time doing something that would make a difference. So I began switching gears in my head and dumping all of my creative writing ideas into compiling a book for my family instead. I wanted a place for all the advice I'd given over the years, the stories, the talks, the pick-me-ups, all of those things to land. And then COVID-19 appeared in our lives. I found myself then, like a lot of people, and a lot of the time, on the phone. So instead of working on this book, I found most of my time FaceTiming loved ones, Marco Poloing, my mom and sisters, and doing all that I could to encourage, support, and inspire the people that I loved the very most who were experiencing this universal craziness. Now, my kids know what this looks like and sounds like, and yes, it's true, there may or may not be pom-poms involved many times. (laughs) So when I was talking to my oldest daughter and having a cheerleading session, so to speak, and she told me that there was no one better at scattering unicorns and rainbows than me, I'm not sure she meant that as a compliment. But wait, this is actually real life. My kids will tell you that my theme song is from Trolls. Get Back Up Again by Anna Kendrick. Now, if you haven't listened to it, oh my gosh, you totally have to. It's going to legitimately change your life. I'm just saying. Well, while I was laughing, this totally driven entrepreneur daughter of ours was totally serious. And when she said, Mom, you need to start a podcast. I was still laughing way into the next day until it was confirmed, first by an inspired former stake president, once by an old general conference talk I just have to be, happened to listen to that day, and finally in answer to my prayer. I've always told people that if you get the same message from more than one source, someone's trying to get your attention. You know that whole out of the mouth of two or three witnesses thing. And I just wanted to know if this was something that would be a worthwhile use of my time. So let's back up a minute. Remember that incomplete sappy romance novel I told you about? Well, the title was Manna or Meatloaf. Clever, right? All of a sudden, as I looked at this clearly, I really felt like that title belonged somewhere else. Manna, after all, was life-giving and literally life-sustaining. And Meatloaf is... After all, just meatloaf. It's one in a million choices of food, and to be honest, it's probably not even the best choice if you ask me. This podcast felt like a great medium to discuss finding your way through the fluff to keeping the important things important. So here we go. This first attempt, if I can figure out this oh-so-very-hard software, is from a talk that I gave years ago. 
and it seems very applicable these days. It's called Hold Your Peace. Okay, kiddos, get your notepads. This one's for you. (laughs) As I've turned to the scriptures lately for added direction and a sense of calm, I've had one specific phrase that just keeps percolating in my mind, keeps rising to the surface ever since I learned that coronavirus was even a thing. It's a phrase that's found in the Doctrine and Covenants and the Old Testament in nine different places. So today I want to talk to you about holding your peace. Isn't that an interesting play on words? I don't even know how many times I've read right past that phrase without even noticing it. After finally getting my attention, I found myself thinking, hmm, I think of peace as something I've totally felt and certainly prayed for. But because hold itself is a verb or an action word, it indicates that you have to do something. A couple of other things I want you to consider is that the phrase implies you have to possess peace in order to hold on to it in the first place, right? And also because of the context, it sounds to me like there will be things trying to take it from you or you wouldn't have to hold on to it in the first place. Let's talk about the holding on of our peace. On an every minute, every day basis for who knows how long, which is kind of where we feel right now, does peace seem fleeting when you allow yourselves to become inundated with this chaotic energy surrounding us right now? In Solomon 2.15, we're told of the little foxes that spoil the vines of tender grapes. In other words, sometimes it's the little things that spoil the harvest God has prepared for us. Have you ever thought of that before? So what are the little foxes in our own lives that spoil or steal our peace? For me, oh my gosh, it's totally the news. Hello, you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. I have decided I totally have to read my news now. Because pictures, video footage, any emotion totally tip the scale for me. If I let distraction detour my intention, or if I don't take time to study my scriptures every day, my peace seems a lot harder to hold on to. TV, social media, music, being too busy, not being busy enough. The the list is endless. But let's be honest, there are a lot of little foxes in my life. And I'm betting there might be some in yours too. I love the scripture's definition of peace as a blessing of inner calm and comfort born of the spirit that God gives to his faithful saints. This is a gift, but it also refers to it as freedom from conflict and turmoil. Don't we all need that right now? This is also where it can take some real effort on our part. So what can we do? My hope is that all kinds of action words come to your mind in answer to this question like they did me. Words that will prompt us to do whatever is necessary to increase our peace. First, I'm reminded of the admonition in the scriptures and from the prophets to remember, right? It would benefit all of us to remember past experiences that have filled our reservoir of personal peace. Recalling and remembering those past experiences can provide us with all kinds of strength we need to face future challenges. I'm going to give you an example. When I was called to serve as the Stake Young Women's President, 
I obviously felt horribly inadequate. I had moments of real self-doubt when, quite honestly, I just didn't know how I could possibly do or be what God needed for his precious, precious daughters and their leaders, or fill the giant shoes of the wonderful women who had served before me. I was really, really struggling. I literally looked up and in my scriptures fell out a piece of paper that held one of my favorite sayings to this day. It goes like this. The perfect master can use an imperfect tool perfectly. I know you've heard me say that a million times, but that experience gave me the assurance I needed, desperately needed, and drawing on that past blessing of peace and comfort still provides me with strength as I continue to serve in whatever capacity, even those outside of the church callings. So are you keeping a journal to record the experiences you have with the Spirit so you can remember them? Are you keeping a gratitude journal so you can see the Lord's hand in your life? Remembering God's goodness and grace in past challenges is a wonderful way to hold your peace. Okay, another action word that I love, things that we can do. What about the word listen? I honestly don't remember a time, at least in my own life, that we've been so strongly encouraged to seek personal revelation. And are we listening to that counsel by our inspired prophet, President Russell M. Nelson? When he said in April of 2018 that, quote, in coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost, end quote. Do we get what he's saying when he goes on to say, quote, my beloved brothers and sisters, I plead with you to increase your spiritual capacity to receive revelation, end quote. Are we listening My testimony, grown out of experience after experience, is that when we pray, we speak to our Heavenly Father, and when we read our scriptures, He speaks to us. Are we listening to the pages, to the words that come from those pages? Listen carefully to the things that you read in the scriptures, to the voice of the prophets, to the hymns you sing, and they can all bring us immense peace. Okay, another word, another action word that I loved— And this one is kind of funny. It's refrain. And the reason I say it's funny is because it's something we don't do, right? I don't always have to have the last word, even if my husband disagrees with me. And sometimes I realize if I hold my tongue, I also hold my peace. Listen to the words of hymn 336. School thy feelings, O my brother. Train thy warm, impulsive soul. Do not its emotions smother, but let wisdom's voice control. School thy feelings, there is power in the cool, collected mind. Passion shatters reason's tower, makes the clearest vision blind. Don't you love that? So to refrain means not to do something. So what are the things we can let go of so we can hold on to more peace? Okay, on our list of things that were action verbs that we can do to help increase our peace, I loved the word live. Simply stated, there is just a certain peace that can only come by living the gospel. It is the peace that comes from faithfully obeying the commandments and keeping our covenants. It is the evidence of our discipleship. And I saved the very best word for last. I loved the word trust in application to this as an action word that comes to mind as something we can do to hold our peace. 
One of my favorite books, and if you haven't read it, you totally have to, it's Believing Christ by Stephen E. Robinson. And he teaches that there is a huge difference in believing in Christ and believing him, trusting him. I promise you he always keeps his promises. We need to learn to trust that he will provide the peace we need when we need it. So I want to ask you a question. When is the last time you felt totally defeated, stressed, overwhelmed, just desperately wanted to relax? So you headed for your favorite cushy, comfy recliner. You know, the one where you put your feet up and it just kind of wraps right up around you. Now, when was the last time you really stopped and wondered if that loyal recliner would be able to hold you? Did you touch it, give it a good shake, look underneath it to make sure it was still in good working order? Of course not. You can trust it to catch you. I had a really good friend this week tell me that she felt like Heavenly Father was calling us and asking each of us if we would trust Him. Don't you love that? He will catch us. The Apostle Paul clearly understood this principle when he gave Timothy advice for living in perilous times like our own, when he said, quote, Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. End quote. Sound familiar? He simply said to, quote, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Notice that's past tense. Assurances that have already been given. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. End quote. We can trust the words spoken by the prophets as well. I love what Elder Holland said in the October 1996 General Conference in regard to this very subject. He said, quote, Christ and his angels and his prophets forever labor to buoy our spirits, steady our nerves, calm our hearts, send us forth with renewed strength and resolute hope, end quote. Again, I feel like there should be an enormous, enormous exclamation point at the end of that. Isn't that what we all need? Finally, my favorite application of the phrase, hold your peace, is found in Exodus chapter 14, verse 4. And we all know the story of Moses freeing the Israelites. The Lord showed forth miracle after miracle, and Pharaoh still continued to refuse Moses' request to let his people go, right? Until his own firstborn son was struck dead. Then in fear, Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people. Take your flocks and herds and be gone. I love seeing that picture in my mind. Get out of here. So basically 600,000 Israelite men and about one and a half million women and children left Egypt on foot. But by the time they'd reached the Red Sea, conveniently, Pharaoh had changed his mind. He wanted all of his slaves back. So with a slew of his chariots, he chased after them, right? When the Israelites saw them, can you imagine being descended upon? They were paralyzed with fear and began to doubt. Moses said unto his people, quote, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. End quote. Moses was basically saying, Have faith and hold your peace. You've already seen that our God is a God of miracles, remember? Listen to what I'm saying and trust him. He will fight for us. Let him take care of this. And you know what? He always does in his own way, which is better than our way, and in his own time, which is way better than our time. So let's be real. 
right now, while we're flooded with uncertainty, fear, maybe even a little bit of panic now and again, or just bored, discouraged, or depressed from all this isolation, we can all find strength and comfort from the fact that our God is still a God of miracles. Remember, if we listen, we can hear Him and trust Him to provide the peace we need. He will still fight for us, and He will take care of us. Isaiah 54.10 says, quote, For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord, that hath mercy on thee. End quote. Navigating my way through this madness and keeping the important things important, forces me to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace and that He loves us and atoned for our sins. It is through that atonement that He knows our struggles, heartaches, pains, and the trials that we're experiencing. He knows the exact peace we need when we need it and will lovingly grant us that peace. He speaks our very own individual language and meets us exactly where we are. Believing this is an important thing. Please keep it important in your lives. I sort of feel like I should end this with an amen, but I'm not sure if you can do that on a podcast. Nevertheless, oh, I did it. I'm done.